0: And we're live. Welcome back to the Strong Asian Lead podcast. My name is Moss Moria, and today's day three. Today's day three. It is seven forty-two a.m. on July twenty-seventh. Excuse me, I have my mouth feels. Let me uh drink more coffee. Uh, <clears throat> and um, yeah, today is another day for podcasting. I really hope this has kind of been helpful. Um, we're gonna try to you know we're me i'm gonna try to do a podcast every morning just kind of get my thoughts out and so far it feels good i kind of just want to it makes me feel like i need it it's I, as much as i should just go out and go for a run <laughs> for some exercise um i just if i just do this for a while maybe i could do it and feel better about it and um yeah you know it's just it's it can be a lot of work so i hope that This is helpful in ways, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's a thing to do. My cat is trying to, what are you doing, buddy? (laughs) Um, So uh, today, today we're going to start out with um, the power of no, and there's a lot of no's in Hollywood, a lot of no's in Hollywood, and there's things you should say no to, there will be a lot of no's said to you and uh, i've had a lot of no's said to me but i've also had to say a lot of no's and so um that's it's the hardest thing about hollywood is the is the no and um that's it's so interesting that way my cat is getting right into the mic want to say something no okay he said no um but we're going to start out uh, casual. I think that's the structure right now It's like casual first and then business later and then our movie of the week. And so um, today's casual is um, shopping for food. Um, I don't know about you, but or just food, cooking in general, like let's forget about like fast food and going out to eat. That's a whole nother topic. But cooking, cooking to me is one of my favorite things to do. Um it's one of those things that I have to do, um, like thinking about cutting correctly. There's always things to improve. Um, there's, <clears throat> um, you know, learning about cutting and using a knife correctly and cutting different ways, julienning and going to the side and cooking is just an art and science and I think that's what's fun about it for me I've always loved science science technology all that nonsense it's it's really great if there's anything I get to do in my life if I wasn't doing Hollywood it would be cooking it would be a chef somewhere it would be creating my own thing my own CPPG I want to see PPG packaging I have some ideas like I already you know if anyone knows me it's like I have ideas out the galore that you're like, yeah, that would be great. You're like, yeah, that's so smart. Yeah, yes, do it. You know, but I have to say no to that. <laughs> it's priorities, man. But I love, I love cooking. Um, one of the first things I ever cooked was gravy, gr- uh, gravy from like a package, like just <laughs> shitty American gravy, and uh, it was cool—just water and gravy. I remember that? That's probably, I don't know. Seven, eight some some young before ten, I think when the next thing I cooked was like pasta, and I totally burned it <laughs> It's not the way you think i i I poured the spaghetti into the pot, but i didn't I missed the pot, so it went straight into the fire, uh you know, glad my parents are around, so nothing nothing uh happened, but we had to go to Taco Bell because we didn't have any more spaghetti, so that ruined that dinner um. Yeah, so that was like the thing, but I, I've I've grown from there. I've my favorite thing to cook when I was a kid was jambalaya, and some people would argue it's like that's not jambalaya. I'm like I don't care. We call it a jambalaya, <laughs> and it was more like a very mushy fried rice, if anything. Um, but it was really good. Like it it that makes it sound really bad, but it was really good. It'd be warm. Wholesomes like chicken broth with rice like Japanese sticky rice uh, sauce and um, sausage with shrimp celery green peppers and it was just so comforting I haven't made it in years and it's just so good it freezes really well the best thing about it was for breakfast with an egg on top and some green onions fresh green onions favorite thing oh my god loved eating that i could eat that for days you know i never got the way to get like fried and like just fry it on the pan and get it crispy on the side never got it never got that down but that was my favorite thing i don't remember where we got that recipe from actually i got i did i got it from my aunt and uh it was just a it was just great it was one of those things i could just eat all the time i wish i could make it today and yeah, I remember the one time that I made it with spam because it was like a spam contest that I tried to do it and I tried to do it the way I'm supposed to, I'm cooking the sausage. So the, so the way you cook the sausage in that, in that recipe was to boil the sausage in bits and it would puff up like a meatball. So good. You could fry it. That's not how we did it. We boiled it. And I tried to boil the spam and it just ruined it it was like the worst thing i'd ever eaten i'm like i'm not doing this again if i ever did it again it would be probably fine but i'd have to fry it right it's like that's the thing you needed to fry it was just bad it was i made a whole pot of it it was a waste it was a waste of shrimp i just kept going i should just try it and be like no it was gross just "Mm, gross and i remember that um but yeah I, i do love cooking and i love I love going to the grocery store. I don't necessarily love shopping for when I need everything. Because it's just like a whole day. It's like, you know, going in there. But I do love going to grocery stores. Especially Asian grocery stores. Like, I just find new things all the time. Like, ooh, this is interesting. What is this? Let's try that. And also like, oh, this is my favorite candy as a kid. Or things. One of my favorite childhood memories snacks were those little round cookies uh uh, they're like baby cookies i don't know i I know you know what they are i don't know what they're called but i know you know what they are and they they're for babies they're for children because they can't there's no teeth and you pop them in your mouth and they just like melt so delicious so nice like honey like honey cookies so good like if I can just give you some of those, like, here, just try them. You're like, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> and it's so soft. I don't know what else you could ever use them for. They just are as they are. And it's just, they're so, they're inexpensive. They probably don't have a lot of calories. And they're just just satisfying as a kid. Uh, it's so, so good. So that's one of my favorite things. But I do love uh, my favorite store to go to for those of you on, like, the West Coast. It is uh, 99 Ranch. 99 Ranch is is my favorite place to go because it's so Pan-Asian. They've got everything there. And, oh, so just, just the smells. I remember going as a, as a kid and it would be like, I would say it smells like a fish market. But then I'm like, but I don't. I like it. <laughs> I'm that guy. Like, it's. I don't know. Maybe it's my the Japanese in me. I'm like, it smells like a fisherman's wharf. Yeah. Mm, I could be here all day. And it just smelled so good. And uh, I do. It's still my favorite store to go to. Sadly, there's no 99 ranches like in L.A. What up with that? You have to go to like San Gabriel Valley or Diamond Bar, Chino Hills. Maybe if you go to like Laguna or something, you'd find it. But what doesn't, doesn't piss me off right now, but they opened up a new 99 ranch five minute drive from me, from my old house. And I'm like, if we could have had this the whole time. It would have been amazing. We couldn't have had the whole, cause it wasn't there, but that it was just one of those things. It's now one of those things. I'm like, Oh, that's, that would have been really cool to have as a kid. And that's where I would shop. I would shop there. Even the closest one was still like 20 minutes away. And even though, you know, growing up like white American, like we'd go to 99 Ranch, but not very often it's still like a 20 minute drive. And I, when I went with the pandemic, that's the first place I was going to go. That's the first place I went. Um, I didn't really grow up going. And then went to New York, they don't have any of that. They have a night, nice, a small, very small H Mart. I couldn't I you can go to Chinatown to find some, some of those, those grocery stores. And like, I remember the one that goes, is like underneath the bridge, but it's not, uh, it's not great. Uh, Oh, it's great. It's good. It's good. But I feel like I never got to shop there because then I get to take it home because <laughs> it's, cause it, it's just so much. But when I go to 99 ranch, I'm just like, Ooh, get everything, get everything. Like the shrimp tempura and it'd be like $15 for 30. That's so cheap. That's so cheap. That's, so, that's amazing. That's my favorite. That's, that's my favorite thing there because everything else is always like $30 for 30. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. It, it's, it's, it's my, it's my go-to. Um, but now I have, I have H Mart. Uh, I do appreciate H Mart because I never grew up on Korean food, believe it or not. Um, my dad had kimchi in the fridge. And as a kid, as a young kid, we just be like, ooh, it smells. My mom, you know, a white mom, she'd be like, ooh, it smells too. And my dad would eat it. And he never forced us to try it or anything. But uh, now I love it. Now kimchi is great. Uh, I do need to have it on more stuff, but it's great. But I didn't grow up on Korean food. I didn't know what Korean food was. I don't know if I knew any Koreans. I think I grew up with some Chinese kids in Diamond Bar, uh, the Leaves. And then I had a, a, a half Filipino, half black friend named Christian, CJ. And then I had one Vietnamese friend, um, uh, Vu. Um, that's about it. Yeah, there were not a lot of Asians in my area. But I didn't feel like I was the only Asian, which was fine too. But I never hung out with the Asians either. So that's another uh, topic for another day sometime. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't grow up very Asian. Uh, I know about all of you, but it was like frowned upon to be Asian. You know, and even my dad would be like, no one, don't tell anybody you're Asian. You're something else. Just don't say anything. Um, but anyways, I, I do enjoy the cooking. Of Asian food now when i went I only started cooking Asian food back when I was in New York, uh I stopped making Asian food when I went to college because my parents weren't even around, so I just would make whatever's there. never stopped making rice, always made rice, never stopped eating rice it's always going to be in my house. I'm always going to have a rice cooker. The first thing I got for college um that my I think my parents gave it to me was a rice cooker it's great i Still use it today. Is this the same rice cooker? It looks like the same rice cooker. It might be the same rice cooker. <laughs> it's it's just the one button. Never had a Zuroshi, never had the fancy stuff. Even when at home, when I grew up, never had the fancy stuff. We had a bigger rice pot, a six six cup. It's always been one button. Never needed anything else. I don't know why you would need anything else. People like it. I've had friends use it and they're like, we just leave it in there. I'm like, don't leave it in there, just put it in the fridge. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it was, It was, yeah, it's all I've ever needed. So, uh, you know, shout out to your Zyoshis that play ABCs and Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars. But I just need the little click, pop, you're good to go. So that's always been me. <clears throat> and um, I do wish there was a 99 Ranch right here. Like, please, LA, bring a 99 Ranch. There are way more Asians and Pan-Asians here. I do need to go to more South Asian and Indian grocery stores. I've been to a few and, I'm, and when I see them, I'm like, I'm going to go inside and I just have no idea about any of the ingredients. That's like my favorite thing. My favorite thing around is like, if I can go to a store, not know something, cause then it means there's this whole other culinary world that I don't know what the flavors are and how to use them or how to mix them. And it's amazing. Right now these days I'm like learning Thai spices. I do not I did not grow up on that either. I've started making Penang curry. So good. Like I've been buying Penang curry here and there and I was like, this is amazing. This is like curry. Curry I didn't grow up with curry at all. Not Japanese curry, not Indian curry, nothing. Nothing. And now I when I found Japanese curry, I don't remember I think I found it in New York amazing just the best food just so good i haven't even had japanese curry in a minute like it's so good and now i'm doing like panang curry and yellow curry and, oh so delicious and just make a bunch of it and put it in the fridge for the week and i eat it in like two days because it's just i just eat it for breakfast lunch and dinner it's it's uh yeah if you're not making panang curry it's so easy so just make it uh just go get a little jar of it put some coconut milk and that's a simple thing you need to do. I've learned there's better ways to do it, but you know, I've, I've done. It's just, you just make it so good. And um, yeah, that's, that's, I love doing that. I love cooking because it also means I can't use anything else in my hands. I can't really multitask, maybe watch a show, maybe put a podcast on or listen to music, but I can't do anything else. And I think that's one of my favorite parts because it's more like a meditation that I have to just focus on this one thing. Because if I don't, I'm gonna cut my finger off, and and I get to serve others. So usually I'm just making home, mo- food at home by myself. I live by myself. I don't have a you know a partner or anything, so I just do it. But that when I do have a partner or I have friends or I'm cooking with my family, it's one of my favorite things. I just get to serve, and then I don't have to clean the dishes. Like that's my worst thing about cooking is actually cleaning (laughs) because i just don't want to clean i end up cleaning the dishes in the morning because i don't want to clean and that's like the worst part and because i just i'm just tired i I just did all the cooking i did all the cutting like i did all the prep work so i don't want to do that um so that's that's me um where, where do i have anything else in the notes Uh cooking hey uh yeah I don't really do a lot of delivery. I'd rather just cook it than have it delivered because I do not want to use the plastic. I don't I don't want to kill the environment. Don't do that. Don't kill the environment. I also brought Japanese food back into our family. I didn't grow up on a lot of Japanese food. Didn't like it as a kid. I started liking sushi for, you know, later, a little bit later in life. And, but we didn't grow up on like udon. I grew up on like top ramen, you know, uh, not, anything very japanese some miso soup but not really we probably had japanese food like once or twice a year when we were at family dinners with my aunts or something that was it i really enjoy like experimenting too i know some great recipes i know how to make mochi like fresh mochi if you haven't had mochi soup i'm so surprised mochi soup isn't really a popular thing because all the Japanese I know, know mochi soup. But even some of them, some people I don't know, like people who are Japanese, they're like, I, what's mochi soup? I'm like, oh my God. I didn't really grow up on it, but I remember like the few times that I did. and It's so good. And that was the thing I bought during the pandemic. So while everybody was making their sourdough breads and all that. I got a mochi maker, mochi machine. Like my dad has always said, I really want a mochi machine. He grew up on mochi, grilled mochi, uh, grilled mochi with a little bit of soy sauce and sugar. Like best thing. Even I, as a kid, I can still like remember that flavor. And those who, you know, you know, it, it it's magical, it's so gooey. It's so crispy. It's warm. And it's like sweet and salty. It, oh, it's amazing with that little, little wrapper of nori. Like, oh, best and he hadn't had it in years and you can't find fresh mochi you can't buy fresh mochi unless you go to like two places right forget dough in la and then like go to san francisco like those are like the only two places you can like buy like fresh mochi right then and there you can get packaged ones like little pucks they're like yellow and they're like so not what you want it's so weird i it's not the thing it's not the thing so uh, I bought the mochi maker and when I, I'd, I, knew it was coming in, I bought it. My dad said he never would want to get it cause it only does one thing. And it's a new mochi maker is like $400. It only does one thing. He's like, why would I get that? It's just a waste of space. I'm not going to use it. I'm gonna use it like once a year. And I looked it up and I found one on eBay. It was a little used. It's vintage. It was 175 bucks. I was like, done. Bought it. Go and when i had him open the package like dad i got you something i got something let's do it and I had him open it and he was so happy he was like oh yeah and uh we made mochi and uh he had, he showed me how to make it kind of build it and i learned some ways and it's a little it's a little rusty but it works and it's a, it's so great i still use it today and you know, he got to make it, he got we freeze it, and he makes mochi soup, and now I can make him mochi anytime he wants. And then when I brought it to my grandmother, she's like, I haven't had this in 40 years. That's my favorite line. Like, I haven't had this in 40 years. When I hear that from my grandmother, amazing. I feel like so satisfied. I feel like a good good grandchild bringing back her memories. So... That's it. I can talk about food all day, but I want to, uh, and I would talk about it for 20 minutes and it's not going to be cut. So sorry. Uh, we're going to talk about the power of no and the power of no is really important for everybody to build because it, not only saying no, but also being said no to, and it, it, you have to learn how to, how to do that. So saying, we're going to start with saying no to others. Say no. You don't want to do it, say no. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a hell no. Nah, it doesn't have to be a hell no, but just a no. I had to say no to jobs, people, opportunities. Just no, I don't, I don't want that. And I talk about this time that I had to say no to this job. Um, we, I was working somewhere, I had to quit. That's a no to, right? I had to quit something. They weren't paying me. It's called City Drive Films. I don't think they're around anymore, but fuck them anyways. Because they stopped paying me for like months. They said they were low on money and they just stopped paying me. I was an assistant editor in Times Square and I was working extra hard. I showed up every day. I sh- I, it was me and an, was, I was an assistant editor and the editor. We both got hired at the same time. That editor, pretty lazy not hard working but my boss would catch him taking a nap because his head hurt or whatever and i'd be working still and show up on time and he got fired (laughs) uh yeah um shout out to you dude you know try to get in contact when i get back but when i got back to la but we never did and you know whatever i stayed on for the next months and months uh probably was there for 10 months or so and they just stopped paying me they give me like a loyalty check for like a thousand bucks i'm like i was making thousand dollars a week and now you're giving me a thousand dollars a month if that that's not my rent that's not that's not sustainable and that's why i had to like leave that job but also alicia keys's studio was hiring me to be a photographer like yeah, I'm going to leave. You put me in touch with Alicia Keys' studio. They're hiring me because they saw how much I worked and they're going to pay me even, and give me a a, a a boost in payment. I can't say no to that. So I left. I left I said no. And it was really stressful. It was very stressful. I've never had to leave a job for a reason. I left Starbucks because I wanted to go to New York and I was leaving, graduating college. But never had to like, quit a job. That's That was very stressful. And... I wish I hadn't done it as the way I did, which I was like, I came in, here's my invoice for the rest of the stuff that you owe me. And I kicked the other partner out. I was so stressed. I was like, my leg was shaking. And the boss was like, you told Alicia Keys' studio that we're not paying you. And all this and this and this and this. I'm like, so what? And he, But I'll give him credit that he's like, I saw your short film. You're a good director. Don't let them be- make you a photographer. Like, don't believe that. And that's nice. That was nice. And I haven't left that. I haven't left that storytelling aspect of it. And as much as I'm not directing anymore, I haven't left that, you know, storytelling, which is good for myself. And, but yeah, I had to say no. And I've had to say no to friends for going out and drinking sometimes. I've had to say no to uh, women who want to, you know, hook up with me or something. just, you know, reject other people. and I've had to say no to various projects that I just don't know and I've had to leave a lot of friends when I left New York there was a lot of friends that I had and you know after the 26th election let's be real all these white friends that I had just didn't want to hear what I had to say and you know just when I started doing like being Asian I guess I was being Asian and They didn't really respond and didn't care. So I had to say no to that. I left. I left out to LA. (coughs) Excuse me. And they never reached out in three years. Not one of them had ever reached out. So were they ever really my friends? I've reached out to them. I've never, you know. I get a little response back, but I never hear from them. Do I hope they're doing well? Fine. Sure. But they, I just have to say no to that. It's like, no, they weren't my friends and that's bummer. I also have to say no to strong Asian lead stuff all the time. I get requests a lot for help me promote my short film, help me, Do a table read, help me get a space, help me do this, help me do that, help me get money, help me do fraud funding, help me, help me, help me. I can't help everybody. If you don't know, if I haven't said it multiple billions of times, I am the only person a strong Asian lead. People don't believe that. People think we're a team of, you know, five, ten people. It's just me. Do the website, do the membership, I do the podcast. I do the editing, do the social media, do the newsletters, do the thing. I go to do the events, put the screenings on and put everything together. You get a volunteer here and there for the events to do popcorn and check-in, but I do everything else, everything. So I have to say no to a lot of things. I can't say no to everything, which is also understand why people, other Asian American nonprofits, and you know, the ones have to say no, they have to, you ask for their help. And they have to say no because they can't help everybody one to one. You have, as a nonprofit, and as you can help one or two people, which is fine. But you have to do it in a specific way. You do it contests or raffles or something because it's kind of fair, more fair. But you have to help the masses of people, which is why we do the screenings or do the podcast. I'm helping, you know, the 15 listeners who are going to listen to this podcast episode. I'm helping y'all, 15 people at the same time. Not one person for like a week. And that's all my energy, which I'm not getting paid for. I'm not getting paid for this. So I rather get paid, not paid for helping a lot of people than get not paid to help one person. So yeah, I know y'all have to understand too. It's like, I can't help everybody at the same time. Do I want to? Sure. Would love to. Can't. Do I need my help? My screenplay writing stuff? Yeah, sure. I do. And I've asked for help and it said no. And I understand because you can't just help. And, and you, I hope you understand that too, that if I asked you for help, you're probably gonna say no. So it's the same way around. No is very powerful and you have to do that. And I think it's really important. So say no. Say no to things you can't put your energy to. Say no to people you can't give energy for. I, there's another story that I had. Uh, that I was in a sh- doing short films and I was an assistant director for this short film. And this asshole, his name is uh, Keaton Crockwell. Don't care. Don't care where he is. That's his name. Whitest white dude. Just an asshole. He was an asshole. And he kept us out late until like 4 a.m. on a short film. We weren't getting fed. He was having the actors drink on set because they were supposed to be drunk, uh, having the actor smoke weed because they were supposed to be stoners. Like, no you you replace the weed with tea you replace the alcohol with water and he's like no we're not doing that i'm like what no you're putting everybody in danger you're that's not how you do things and this is just not how it works and i had to just like sit him down like i quit i quit because i can't do my job if i'm having to do your job and you're not even on set you're in the room laughing it up with people and fucking around and make while while we're shooting that's fucking with our sound that's fucking with the room man like no you know hollywood you, you feel like you have to you, you have to be hollywood or you have all the power to do anything you want it's just not how it works man it's not how it works so say no it's okay to say no it's powerful to say no say no to things you don't want to do and say no. and sometimes you have to say no to yourself I've had to say no to myself for things. I say no to uh, being able to date. I really don't date. I've been single for the past five years. I've gone on maybe two dates. I kind of have one tonight, but it's not really a date. It's like a potluck where she's like, come on out. I just met you. Just come on out to my my apartment. Um, Bring your rice balls. (laughs) and um and it's um yeah it's but I say I generally say no I generally say no to dating and going out I don't get a lot of requests for people from who want to date me but I don't really do that um I get I feel like I get a lot of vibes from people but I kind of get avoid into it because I don't have the money I don't have the time I'm a workaholic who works all the time, who is very focused on this podcast and it's nonprofit. I don't have the energy for it. Uh, I want to help you. I want to maybe date you. I want to get to know you. I want to do all those things. But no, I generally, yeah, I have, you know, be real. I haven't had sex in like seven years, like real sex. I haven't really done any of that. It's been a long time. And I don't really care. That's not my drive. That's not my drive. And I feel like that's helped me and hurt me. I do feel like personally it kinda like sucks. But at the same time, I've not I've focused everything on my work. And now I've gotten this far. Got my screenplay, got my manager, I got this podcast, I've got the 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 nonprofit. I'm working really hard and I'm doing something really great. So not a win-win or lose-lose or win-lose or lose-win. It's just kind of a, here it is. And I'm okay with that. I've also said no to various projects that I want to do, but I don't get to do. Various, I just have to set priorities. You know, that's that's the harder part. It's that I have to pick and choose which ones I want to do. Do I want to do this podcast? Yeah, Sure. I have three other podcasts that I want to do and I'm doing this one cause I feel like it's the easier one to do, but I don't know. I feel like it helps a little more people. The other ones are just archive podcasts, which I love. And I think it's really important, but it's not really, it's not about strong Asian lead. It's using a lot of time. I don't have enough resources for it and I need more people. I would need some real money for that. So i say no, there's some projects I want to do and I just say no. And I just have to like choose. So that's that's how it goes. That's how it that's how it rolls. But you do have to say no, and you know, say no to your partner. Say no to these things. Reject others. Don't always be the person who's just looking for the yeses and being the yes person or uh, being a people pleaser. Don't be a people pleaser. It's still hard for me not to be a people pleaser, but I do say no, and that's the power of no for saying no. We're going to take a quick break while I fix my cat, and we're going to be right back. What are you doing now? <clears throat> and we're right back. And we're back. So now we're going to talk about receiving no's, because there's a lot of no's in Hollywood, a lot of no's in life, and you got to know how to take them. So if you're getting a lot of no's around everything i guess <laughs> it's going to be a lot of no's and you have to know how to like take them like a champ because if you don't you're just going to you're going to hurt yourself because you're going to expect yeses and you're just going to get no's the best way to get a yes is to not expect a yes it's to just be chill that's the like some of the best advice i could ever give and share and take for myself is that Don't be aching and desperate for a yes. Just be chill. And eventually you'll get a yes. Eventually. We get a lot of no's. If you don't like think, you know, if you think you know strong Asian lead, we get way more no's than you would think. And what's even worse about not like getting no's in all that topic is actually not getting any response back. I would much rather you say, no, not right now, not today, tell me these things, mm, no, but thank you. But most of the time in Hollywood, you're just going to get no response at all. And honestly, that kind of sucks even worse because you're like expecting or waiting and just you're in constant limbo. But Strong Asian League just gets a lot of no's. You, you might think we get everything yes and we just have everything handed to our plates. No we were struggling as much as we can. I I actually look at a lot of nonprofits and it's really hard for me because I'm doing this all myself and I see other nonprofits just start up and they have like a whole team and they get budgets and they get grants. I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? I don't understand. I don't understand. I get a team. I can't get one person to stay on with us. I don't can't get all of those things. Don't know how to get a grant. I don't have time to get a grant. I've got to do a billion other things. A billion other things. A billion other things. You don't believe me? Look at my things. I don't know. Maybe it's not a billion, but come on. Like, There's a lot of stuff I have to do, and you see all of it, and it's all me. So I don't know how people get a team. So I get a lot of no's. And I get a lot of no's for grants. I get a lot of no for partnerships. I get a lot of no's for things I'm trying to do for free for people. And I'm like trying to help you, and I still get a No. You think we all get yeses because that's all you see on Instagram. We get a lot more noes than you would think. For every Instagram post that we think you think you see a yes, try to say I got a hundred to two hundred no's. And it's not because I get like a thousand yeses or thousand questions. It's probably because I probably did two hundred and one outreaches and I got one yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. It's that's just kind of how it is, and is how it is. I'm not trying to complain, but that's just life. That's that's how it goes. You know, you try to do something really good, it's not, you're going to get a lot of no's. You get a lot of no's for asking for money. That's the most thing. We don't have any budget. We don't have any grants. We do not get donors. I can't crowdfund all the time. People like, do a crowdfund. I'm like, you know how much work a crowdfund is? It's a lot of work. And the last time we did it was about two years ago. About 7 k total, and one person gave us $5,000. One person gave us $1,000. So really, we didn't make a whole lot of that crowdfunding was it worth it that seven thousand dollars went like poof it's gone like a couple months i don't know how to spend money super wisely i'll be honest and i've done a lot better since then but you know you want to you want to you want to help me keep doing this full time like my rent's not very not very expensive but it's still something more something more probably about two to three thousand dollars worth of bills every month On top of doing Strong Asian Lead for free. Probably about 40, 50, 60 hours a week. So that's the real thing. That's the real thing. That's the real truth about Strong Asian Lead. I'm doing about 60 hours a week for free. So, you know, I have to do that. And I have to say no to a lot of things. And I get a lot of no's saying that. And if you don't take a no with grace and just a lot of grace. That's all I can really say. You're gonna get a lot of no's. You're gonna get a lot of no's for your screenplays. You're gonna get a lot of no's for your acting. You get a lot of no's for your directing. You're gonna get a lot of no's from your friends who wanna help you do the things. And you just have to be thankful for the yeses that you do get. You're gonna get a lot of no's. I'm thankful for the yeses that I do have. But you're gonna get a lot of no's. But it's also knowing Where to put your energy to. Again, saying no to various things. Say no to some meetings. Don't, you know, meetings, try to take as many as you can. But I don't take every meeting that people ask me for. Like, no, I don't need to get coffee with you right now. You can set up a Zoom call with me. And if they don't do that, then it really wasn't a thing. They were trying to get something out of me, right? That was a thing. I had this guy reach out to me, and he's like, hey, remember from when we met from New York? Let's go get coffee and do the thing. Like, hey, I don't have time right now, but you can set up a Zoom call with me. Didn't hear back from that at all. So you saw what I was doing. You haven't seen me since. We never had coffee in New York. We never even reached out to me in New York. But now you come to L.A., and you want my help. But you won't take a Zoom call with me. That's on you, bro. It's on you. Yeah, I'm saying no. And it showed me who you are. Yep, and if you're listening, which you're not, that's that. Be better, be a better person. I say no to a lot of acting stuff. I'm not an actor. People think I'm an actor because I'm extroverted. I've got a good chin line, and I got a good skin and some good hair, which I've always had a hair trauma for a long time because you know it childhood trauma. But I say no to a lot of acting. People are like. A, want the same. Like, hmm, not really. I don't want to act. Acting is not the thing I want to do. You want to give me the role? You want to pay me to do it? Fine. I do not want to audition. I do not have time for auditioning. It's auditioning. It Self tapes. Like four hours of my day. Every time, I'm gonna get a no, and I don't care. There's that too. Like, people want me to be an actor. I'm fine to be an actor, but I do not want audition because I. Not that I don't like getting no's for auditioning, but I don't care enough to take those no's. Actors who are don't mind taking those no's and spending the time getting those no's and putting all that time in, good on y'all, good on y'all. Because that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do with life. That's what you, you want to act. And a part of acting is getting those no's for your auditioning. I would rather get more no's for my screenplay writing which is why I do it been doing it for years and love my writing. I love to write. I'm also very thankful for AI writing. That's controversial to all y'all. You're like, I don't want to do AI writing. I don't want to use GPT. I don't want to do the thing. I'm like, that's for you. But you know what? I love it because it saves me hundreds of hours. It will save me a hundred hours all the time and still get the output that I want. Right? We'll talk about it some other time, but you realize that when you say no to, to using a tool that's going to help you, you're really going to waste your time. And that's fine. I bet you from a year to two years from now, the best writers will be using AI to help them write. Because it's not about AI, write me a screenplay. It's about telling the AI how to write your screenplay. I always say, like, we won't need to know the. You will need to know the formatting of screenplay writing, but you won't need to spend the time to write in the screenplay format. We will then become better storytellers, not screenwriters. There's a difference. That's why you have like story by and written by, screenplay by. They're two different things. You can have a story by someone and then a screenplay by someone. So what if you said the story by Mas Maria, but then you said screenplay by ChatGPT? Sure, pretty much, not really. At the end of the day, if you actually try it, most people who are so against it haven't even tried it, haven't really tried it. Like, how do you do that? I'm like, oh my God, you haven't even tried it. Just try it. You're saying no to yourself. Don't do that. Not for these things, but if you want to go ahead. But I, I will I will tell you that I'm gonna guess I'll probably work faster than you. I don't care, and and, and with le- more ease, more ease. <laughs> and those who who are willing to try it, test it out, and give thought to it, and practice with it, will get better. I've been using AI generative language models since it started, since ChatGPT came out in November 2022. When I first heard it, like, done. I'm gonna try it. Oh, Amazing. Never looked back. Not afraid of it. People who are afraid of it are afraid of life. <laughs> not really, but I'm just saying. Like, you're you're afraid of you're afraid of change. You're afraid of change, and you know, that's that's not cool. So, uh, but you're again. You're gonna get a lot of nos. I'm getting a lot of nos You're like, no, I don't want to use AI. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Chill, man. Chill out. Don't get so angry about it because i am and don't knock me you'll think i'm a worse screenwriter like okay bet bet you a million dollars i'll go faster than you bet you a million dollars i'll 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 work harder i'll be more creative i don't think about it bet let's go take you outside catch me outside yo catch me outside that's that's how i'll be that's fine AI and screenwriting, WG. okay, we'll, get, we'll we'll, skip past that anyways, because that's a whole other topic. And, you know, go for the strikes, go out, go out and pick it. I usually go out every Thursday to Netflix because I have an office at Memerson and it's right there. So I'm going to go out every day, every Thursday. That's the plan, at least once a week. You know, someone said like, make sure you have strong agent lead days. I'm like, we are going to have one, but not right now. I have to do a billion other things. Calm down. You want a strong agent lead day? You do it. You do it. You put the graphic out. You do the Instagram post. You do that. I have to say no. Not because I don't want to, because I have to spend my time in other ways. You do it. No. (laughs) So, you know, relax, man. Strong Asian lead. I got a lot of stuff to do, and I don't get paid for any of it. I have to do other life. So, no. And that's fine. And relax. You get. I'm gonna tell no to you. Don't get pissed off. You get pissed off. Don't get pissed off. Just because I said no, just don't get pissed off. You're gonna get a lot of nose. If you get pissed off in LA in LA for getting nose. you're gonna have a really hard time. You don't have patience for LA, you're gonna have a really hard time. No. That's about it. I have to cl- I have to kinda like start to uh, I'm really trying to get into like a really good habit of like cutting things off a little earlier. We have been going on for the hour, and so uh we have we still have our last segment to do. But you know, say no. It's okay to say no. And be okay with getting no's. It's just a part of Hollywood, it's a part of life. You're going to get a lot of job opportunities and try to go out for a lot of jobs. You know, I've never been a part of a mentorship program or a fellowship program or won any contests. In my early days, I got a few, very few film festivals. Not for my films. Just films I produced, but not for my films. Films I've edited, but not for my films. There's a lot of no's. I talked to one of the program coordinators for the Half-NIF initiatives. Good people. Sounds like a great program. Ryan Murphy's program. I, I finally looked at all their previous people. A lot of Asians. So I'm about it. Go sign up for them. I think their applications for the PA program and the director shadowing program start in like February, January, February. So go check them out. And she was like, oh, I'm sure you've been a part of it. And I'm like, I told her I have not been a part of one. She was so surprised. And I think people are very surprised because I, I I come off very smart. I am very smart. But what I'm doing is very smart. And they're like, what? You've never been a part of a program or anything? No. No one's ever accepted me into a program. So I've gotten a lot of no's. Never won a screenplay contest or a screenplay fellowship. Finalist, but not a winning. But I got a manager. So I don't really apply anymore. Because the whole point of getting into a fellowship or an mentorship program is to get a manager or to be, have a meeting with a manager. You, you would maybe get a meeting with a manager, but they might not take you. There's so a lot of people who get, who get into these fellowships who are given the yes. And then the whole point is that they get a meeting with a manager, or a meeting with somebody, and it's actually they actually still don't end up with anything. She even told me that she's like, people take those meetings, but then they don't actually end up working with them. So what's the what's kind of the not what the point is? You you learn a lot, but nah, I can't really do anything about that. But I got my manager anyways, so. That's why I want to teach people how to do that. Like, I want to teach you how I got my manager. Why I got my manager. How to position yourself to get a manager. It's not hard. It's just a lot of work. But if you work smart, not hard, you'll get it. Trust me. It's not... Hollywood is a game. And if you understand the rules... It's easy to play if you don't understand the rules and you keep trying to make your own rules because you want to go against the grain. Don't. You can try to be innovative, but if you play the game, it's fun. I'm not afraid of Hollywood. I know I'm going to make it in Hollywood. That's not my, that's not my fear. My fear is that I can't make rent this week. <laughs> no, I can but that's, that's generally my fear. My fear is that strong Asian will die. My fear is that strong Asian lead won't be able to be sustainable and then I have to stop it. That's my biggest fear. It's not, it won't happen because I refuse to let it die. I've quit. If anyone's been with with me for a while, I I have tried to quit. I can't. I I, I refuse. My body refuses. It's a purpose. It's a purpose. It's not even responsibility. It's a purpose at this point. It's what I'm here for. If I don't make it into Hollywood, I get to have this and I'll be keep doing it. I will keep doing it for the rest of my life. I will be like the other old Asian American nonprofits who are still around today, who are still struggling. I'll still be them. I'll still be here. That's fine. I think it's really important. So stay tuned. (laughs) We're still growing. We're still growing really fast. I've met, I'm meeting great people right now and they're really surprised and want to help me. So I'm excited to see what's coming. And so, yeah, again, there's a lot of no's, but appreciate the yeses. Maybe we'll get to yeses some other time. Uh, let's get to our reoccurring segment. This is our movie of the week. We will find a better title for that uh, at some point. But the movie of the week today is. Why can't I do this? Uh, I am I am DB, so I want to make sure I have like all the correct information because he's like not be really good at you know I can't memorize information all the time, and so um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a not a brainiac. I just know a lot of things, but I can't memorize everything. I am not the photogenic, photographic memory. So, Today's highlight movie of the week is Three Ninjas. Hey. Grandpa, where'd you get that ugly mask? This mask my father gave to me on my day of names, and I will continue this tradition with you. The day of names. And who already got names, Grandpa? Ah, you may have family names, but not ninja names. All right. Samuel. Sir. From this day forward until forever, you shall be known as Rocky, because you are strong, solid, and cool as granite rock. Awesome. Yes. Jeffrey. Ah, you Fast and free, spirit of the young wild horse. You shall be known as Colt. Colt? That's cool. What about me? Can I be monster destroyer? How about super killer? How about super dork? Just, Dad. A little one. Since your energy begins and ends with your tummy, you shall be known as Tom Tom. <laughs> Why am I choosing this movie? It's because I, you know, I saw it on Instagram. I've been hearing about it. And my friend Natasha Jung from Cold Tea Collective said that was like her favorite movie back in the day. As I a, was a, as a growing up a kid. And I just saw it last night. Found it online. I'll put it in the show notes. You can find it on our website. It's stupid slapstick funny. It's cheesy, it's whatever, it would not be made today, it may be, but not really. It stars three white boys who, you know, are, in the story, they're technically a quarter, a quarter Japanese each, <laughs> technically, but they are not, they are not Japanese or Asian at all, but Here's why we're highlighting it today. So it was made in 1992. It was directed by John Turteltaub, Writers by Kenny Kim and Edward Emanuel. Let's see. Kenny Kim uh, was known for Three Ninjas and Vanished. He wrote two movies. And what has vanished, vanished is a uh, former minister of national security, Park Jin uh, Wook is a kidnapped from the US by South Korea agency because he was revealed secrets concerning their military dictatorship. Uh, is it even Asian American? I think it's just, I think it's Korean. Uh, cool. Maybe I'll check it out sometime. It looks, I think it's mostly Korean. It's not uh, Asian American, but he wrote this three ninja story, a part of it. Uh, he wrote the story, he's not the writer and it's so cheesy and apparently like, there's this whole trilogy series of what it is uh let's see three ninjas knuckles up three ninjas kick back three ninjas high noon at mega mountain surf ninjas uh little ninjas L- little and it goes on but i think that's it but like that's Maybe those, some of those aren't related, but this Three Ninjas storyline was so stupid. It was, it's all over the place. It, it's so problematic uh, in many ways. But here was the good highlight. And here's why we're highlighting it. Not because there's three white boys starring it, but because Victor Wong played grandpa. And he's the first man you see on scene on, on the screen. He's got he is the sensei teacher that teaches the kids. He's a really main crux of the whole plot line and he defeats the bad guy in the end. It wasn't actually the kids who fe- defeat the bad guy. He saves he kill, he defeats the bad guy. Cuz he's like an old student, you know, the student gone wrong. And that was that was the uh I thought it was good. I thought it was f- I kept rolling my eyes. I don't know how many times I like rolled my eyes and closed. My eyes. I'm like, oh, it's so stupid. But like, okay, <laughs> you know, this movie was like if Karate Kid meets Home Alone. Like, I'm sure that was the pitch. This was 1992. Home Alone came out in 1990. Karate Kid 1988. Like Karate Kid Two was 1990, 1980. I think I'm, I'm, if I'm correctly. And there were only, like, three real agents in this whole movie. Victor Wong, Tansen Chow, Chu, C-H-O-U. He played the store owner. He had no lines, No blinds at all. And one of my... One of the favorites that was kind of here in this, uh, this cast, and is he... I don't even... Where is his name? He... Where is it he he's not oh, man, and I can't remember his name right now. Um, let's see. I don't remember okay, there he is his um Harold cicada Harold cicada was also in this movie. He didn't have one line, but he was the henchman, right He was the big henchman if you don't know who harry sakata is he was if you you would know him most for goldfinger as odd job right he was the big guy and he he has his own history he's like hawaii big like wrestler dude new heavy lift weight and lifting um where is he why is he not in these credits is that not him i'm pretty sure that was him that's so that's so weird um, that's that's he's not even listed here. Where is yeah, he's not. That's maybe he's Charles Jackson. Maybe that's so weird. I know it's him, I know it's him. That's that's who he is. I don't know why he's just not listed in this whole movie at all. I bet if I look it up and I go into the thing, he's going to be in the credits, but. You just play the big bad guy that the kids can literally just punch. That's literally his job was to let the kids punch punch and kick him and knock him over. Um, It's just so silly. And I will play a clip right here. Light up the eyes, boys. Light up the eyes. Let's light this dude up. And I'm not going to cut that part out where I think it was Harry, Harold Sakata because it wasn't Harold Sakata. I looked it up right now. It's Professor Charles... Whoa. Charles Tanaka. He was listed as Toru Tanaka as Rushmore. Um, that was, He didn't really have a name in the movie, but it, he is weird on, on his Wikipedia. He's like Charles J. Kalani Jr., Uh, But he's known as Professor Toru Tanaka uh, as a professional wrestler. He looks like Harold uh, Sakata. So uh, apologies for me because, you know, sometimes we all look alike, especially us Japanese. I'm just like, you look like him. And I bet he got that a lot. But he wasn't an actor. He was a wrestler, uh, which is fascinating to me. Again, I'm not a professor. I don't know everything. So I have to look things up, man. And so... Fascinating life already. He was born in Hawaii, son of Charles J. Kalani and Christina Leong Kalani. He began judo in 1939. He was born in 1930, so he started when he was nine. And, yeah, he is a professional wrestler since 1958. And uh, debuting in his home state of Hawaii after retiring from the military in 1966, he worked for World Championship Wrestling in Australia. Fascinating. Uh, from Tanaka's point of view, he was passing. He, he in his book, "Listen, You Pencil ne- Pencil Neck Geeks," explored the relationship between two Japanese heels. So he just kind of like became the wrestler guy. Fascinating. And he was like the Japanese villain in these wrestling uh, tournaments. So so funny that it just wasn't a held cicada. He was in a toothpaste commercial with Pat Morita. <laughs> and a couple music videos with David Lee Roth in the mid 80s. Uh, his first film was in 1981 with Chork Norris vehicle, An Eye for an Eye. And his last film was 19, 1995, Hard Justice. He put up opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man and peewee's big adventure he's also in wild and crazy kids uh 1992 three ninjas as rushmore yep he actually had a uh, pretty pretty you know i want uh let's see uh, pretty prolific career doing doing various um shorts and stuff so it's really funny really really funny but anyways um i'm gonna wrap this up we're at 59 minutes right now so Um, so I'll put three ninjas in the, in the, in the, in the, in the show notes. Watch it. It's silly. It's just silly. You'll be like cringing and be like, oh no, they, no, not the thing, not that. And it's just like, so (laughs) just, just watch it. You'll understand. You'll understand why I'm just like, this is so silly. And, but watch it for, um, Watch it for uh, for uh, Professor Takana, Tik- Toro Tik- Tanaka, and uh, Victor Wong. Watch it for them because it's funny. Especially Victor Wong. He actually has a really good role in here. So if you're like, watch him because I think it's he's really funny. Uh, let's actually, before I go, let's talk about Victor Wong for a second because he had this very big career in himself Uh, He did a lot of movies, but what I love about him most was that he's on his IMDb, like straight up, it says eccentric looking Chinese American actor with a slightly drooping face, which was a result of a bout of Bell's palsy. And I really don't know what Bell's palsy is, but I'm sure it's something similar to like, you know, Parkinson's. Bell's palsy, it says condition that causes sudden weakness in the muscles on one side of the face. So we always had like this squint um winking type on his on his on his on his left eye? His left eye. And yeah. And I think that's amazing for me, just because like you can be this guy who doesn't really look have the thing and technically it's is it a disability? I, I don't it's a it's a disease. And he still made it. He still did work. He was born in nineteen twenty seven and he just did a lot he lost two sons in 9 11. he's living in new york uh survived multiple strokes deprived himself in need of sleep when uh, reveting the tv tv set for nearly two days he passed away the late evening of september 12 2001 of heart failure whoa so he died the day after 9 11 probably because he lost two sons rough, rough. Damn, he was a first generation Chinese American born in Chinatown, San Francisco, California, to Chinese, uh, Chinese immigrant parents. His father was a Confucian scholar and a successful stone owner who became an unofficial mayor of Chinatown. Uh, was an Emmy-winning TV journalist prior to becoming an actor. Although Wong's main beat was San Francisco Chinatown, he also covered the 1968 Democratic Convention, the Zodiac Killer, and Patsy Hearst as the Symbiosis Libertation Army. Well, this guy had a life. I'm learning this with you right now. And so, I you know, sometimes I don't... I don't have all the information, y'all. I am not the scholar. I don't know everybody's life. I'm reading it with you. I'm just the one who's sharing it with you. Like... People don't go this far. People don't go, people don't do that. And I wish people did that for me so I could learn this stuff. I didn't go to school for this. I'm just, I'm just the Googler, (laughs) y'all. I'm the Google master. And I think that's, it's this, wow, I'm learning and I'm, oh man, that's so, it's, it's, I want to hear this and I want to hear more stories and I want to share them with you. So, um, I'm gonna talk I'm gonna I'm gonna add two more notes, I'm just kinda of reading them here, and then we'll then we'll close out. His first wife was an African American stage director, Olive Thurman, and the daughter of Howard Thurman, a well-known author and minister of the uh, discipline of Gandhi. He, let's see. His first art exhibit was hosted by Lawrence for owner of City Lights Bookstore, Wong Frigali and writer Jack Cusick were friends with uh, Keurig, uh Mentioning Wong in his book, Big Sur. One of television's first Chinese-American reporters. He worked on the Daily Newsroom program at KQED, San Francisco's public TV station, 1968 to 1974. He went to University of California, Berkeley, and University of Chicago, and San Francisco Art Institute for painting. He was the only actor to appear in all four Three Ninjas movies. Cool. Cool. I guess the, kid, the kids need to stay. That's fascinating. Kind of like uh, Pat Morita, right? He was in all four Karate Kid movies. The original ones, not the Jackie Chan ones. Fascinating. Really fascinating. Who's Zeppelin Wong? He's brother of Zeppelin Wong. Uh, actor for Kung Fu-y. <laughs> what is that? What is Kung fu Uh, Wow. Wow. Uh, okay, so... That's your history movie lesson for the day. Uh, three, three ninjas. You'll see that in your in your show notes. Please go watch it. You can watch it on YouTube for free. You will see it through our website. Again, become a member. Be on our website. Uh, this is where we post all the movies that we, we I find for free. I watch and then I share them with y'all. So. That's your cinema education beyond what I can offer you. I give you this once a week, and but you can go and watch a movie. Now you go watch the movie. That's another hour, an hour and a half. Then go watch another movie. That's another hour, an hour and a half. You can. I can. I'm. I quit my Netflix account not just because of the strikes, but also because I'm just watching the same shit all over and over again. Literally, I do not need to watch Seinfeld again. I do not need to watch Arrested Development again. I need to watch more Asian films. So. I find these obscure film, films and theater archives and various things. And I just watch those. People send me stuff, and I want to watch those. I found someone, um, Ren, Ren Lee, sent me a documentary that I'd never seen before about a Cambodian, and I, I don't even know what it's about. And I'm going to watch it. And there's a lot of stuff out there. Google stuff. Get out there. Google. Google, Google, Google. Thank, thank the Lord for Google. Like it's, That's the only reason why I know any of this stuff. I'm not smart. I just know how to Google that's and that and my mom taught me that that kind of stuff it's like I would ask how do you spell this and she's are like look it up she wouldn't tell me just look it up and I learned from that so I look everything up do all that. Uh, but that's it for the Strong Asian Lead podcast today. Again, my name is Moss Moria. You can find me at Moss Moria, at Mas Moria, M-A-S-M-O-R-I-Y-A. You can sh- find Strong Asian Lead everywhere you find your socials and everything you find us. We're basically on every platform uh, that's like relevant. We're on threads. Find us on threads. Uh, at Strong Asian Lead and underscore and some other places. StrongAsianLead.com. Become a member at members.strongasianlead.com. It's free. If you're a part of the industry, if you have some experience in the industry, become a member be part of the directory the benefits are like you get to be put in front of everybody else you get to share your experience people can see what you're doing you know all of your links watch your reels people this we're going to be starting to talk with the studios we're already talking with the studios who say we will use this get more people so if HBO is looking for good directors and good writers and good cinematographers this might be the place you're going to find them because they're not going to go on your Facebook You say, I'm going to post my stuff on my Facebook. I'm like, they're not going to find it there because they're not going to be on those Facebook threads. So that's why we're creating this platform for you. And if you become a member, you can watch these films for free. You can watch the documentaries, the comedy specials that we find, the podcast interviews that we find. Like that's the benefit. Like it's all free. I'm not charging you for anything. I'm doing this for free. So very least the benefit is you're helping the industry. You're helping the community to be better. I'm helping the community by you helping me. I'm helping the community. You're helping the community. Like that's the benefit. Like why does it have to be anything else? Like pay it forward, do something for somebody else, not just do it for yourself. I'm not doing any of this for myself. I'm doing this for everybody else. And I hope that's helpful. So again, strong Asian lead, Tune in next week for another episode, which I do not know what it's going to be about. I will record this tomorrow. I think of the episode podcast on the day of, and I just do it. So uh, you can also, if you want to support us, you can do our Patreon. I hate shilling myself out and selling stuff, but if you do want to pay it, you know, give us like a couple bucks a month, you can go to our Patreon and just do that. And, or if you want to Venmo me to strong Asian lead, fine. I don't Great. Or just email us at info at strongagentlead.com. And I'm happy with that too. I just kind of want to hear that we're going somewhere. And that's it. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye.